Three. What you got in your pouch? You got contraband, nerf stuff. Probably. All right, Daniel. Are you set? I'm ready. Let's do this. Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and sitting across from me here is Daniel. Or is it Daniel? It could be an illusion based on the material we have today. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, that was bad. You just said to say that. I know, and then I heard it, and it's not good. I don't like it. Uh, hang on. You got something better? No, I don't. All right. That's about that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it doesn't sound great, but I'm sure we've said worse things before. Are you going to say your hello, hello, or oh. hey? Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, hello. All right. Today, we are talking the new Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. No, you gotta sing it like the Ramones. Spider-Man. Sp- that doesn't sound like the Ramones at all, because I do not sound like a Ramone. No, it's all right. Looking forward to talking this one. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's spin a web. Cheers. Cheers. Before we get started here, let's talk about what we're drinking. This week was Daniel's week to bring something. Daniel, would drink for drink and tell? Uh, you forgot, didn't you? Because it's downstairs. This week, oh, I brought Space Goat from. I want to say Blue Sky Brewing. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're I gonna pause and go get the. Uh, hang on, hang on, just let me look. Do a Google search. I'm, ca- I'm googling. Space Goat. Pale ale from Montana somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not editing any of this out either. <laughs> okay. So today I brought in Space Goat Pale Ale from Big Sky Brewing, located in Montana. Yeah, say pretty good pale ale. Yeah, I know. We usually have IPAs a lot and some darker beers, but we don't usually have pale ale. So mm-hmm. it was actually I was walking in the store. My girlfriend said she wanted to pick this week's beer, so she. Point at one. I'm like, okay, we haven't had that on the show. So, yeah, we'll, we'll grab it. And good job. It tastes good. It's pretty light. And I'm enjoying it. Good choice, Shiloh. Tasty. It's not gluten-free, is it? No. There's very little gluten-free beer. And it tastes like ass. <laughs> Let's move into some movie news here. Daniel, what do you got for us? All right. So, this week, we've got a few things. Uh, we're going to start and blow through, like, the many trailers that we have we have four trailers that came out this week so i'm going to start with the maleficent trailer two um we just watched a little bit ago it doesn't give more to the stories like it doesn't really do anything different from the first trailer i thought and i still don't care about the movie (laughs) i think it looks fun i'm definitely gonna check it out I mean, I'm sure we'll check it out for the show, but I'm not like, I, but you know, that's my, my stance is I'm not looking forward to any of these I will live say action movies. I saw this trailer in 3D and this movie looks really good in 3D. So okay. I'll probably see it in 3D when it comes out, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, like, it, looks, it looks fine. I'm not like, woo, but it, it looks fine. Well, that's just my stance on these movies is like, you know, I've said it before on the show. I'm like, I don't look forward to these new live action Disney movies. But, you know, hopefully they're good because I'm probably going to see but if, them. Yeah. Not looking forward to them, but if they are good, then it's a pleasant surprise. Yes. Kind of like Aladdin. And then, yeah, exactly. Like, I did really enjoy myself in Aladdin. Now, 
uh, second Disney trailer to come out this week is the live action teaser trailer for Mulan. And I gotta say, it looks interesting. Kind of surprised that it doesn't come off like there's going to be any musical elements to it whatsoever. No, I, I gotta say, I kind of liked it. It's kind of a slow start for the first half of the trailer, but then it kind of gets into some action there. And uh, if anything, the cinematography looks really cool in those parts. Yeah, I think I read something a while ago. This is the most expensive Disney movie ever made. Really? Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if that's con- like considering like uh, Endgame because that like 400 million plus dollars to make that right so i don't know if that's true but it'll be interesting to see when the budget like gets released for it or at Hmm. least when we have a better idea of what it costs but interesting something i heard about this so i'm like okay it sounds like there's but it just by the sound of that it's gonna probably gonna have some pretty big set pieces cool well i mean i say for a teaser it was fine yeah I know, it makes me look forward to it. I mean, I'm the, not like, whoa, but at the same time, I, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Doesn't original. Doesn't look bad. <laughs> yeah, no. If you want to check out the original Mulan, it is on Netflix right now, too. Uh, all right, and then to the back half, uh, the first trailer I wanted to talk about was Driven, which was the uh, the movie about, I almost said the McLaren. Uh, John DeLorean. John DeLorean. I kept wanting to say the Mandalorian. I'm like, that's not right. But DeLorean. John DeLorean, famous for making the car in Back to the Future. <laughs> That's only the only reason I know what a DeLorean is. I think it's how most people know what the DeLorean is, as well as why it's still relevant to this day. I would think so, because, yeah, like, I didn't even realize until I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's the guy's name. But, okay, so I didn't know that was some guy's name. I only knew it, that it was supposed to be a super fancy car that came out in the 80s, and then it pretty much sucked and yeah that's all i knew i didn't know about the swindling of money or anything like that yeah but i gotta say i, I like this trailer it looks really cool and it looks like it'll be a fun story so yeah definitely going to my list of stuff to see in the fall add that with ford versus ferrari i'm still looking forward to ford versus ferrari ferrari more just because i watched the 24-hour war which you gotta watch Yes, I still need to watch oh, that. Man. Well, maybe if you win a bet, you can assign me that. No, I probably won't because you're going to have to watch that no matter what. It's awesome. Mm. <laughs> so I'll use my tokens for stuff that matter. But uh, and then, I, I guess that's all I got for Driven. Uh, the, the last one I want to talk about is the new drive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the movie I want to talk about. You have last- to excuse us. We're drinking. We're drinking, and I haven't even drank drunk that much. The last movie trailer that came out that I'm really looking forward to is Knives Out, the Ryan Johnson movie from the guy that brought us Looper, and that's it. (laughs) And a couple good episodes of Breaking Bad. That's it. I never saw Breaking Bad. But yeah, so that's Ryan Johnson of Looper fame. So yeah, new Wolverine movie. Woo! We said knives out. Knives out. Okay. <laughs> that was very blame. <laughs> but no, we got a, another superhero in here, though. We got Chris Evans, Captain America, is in this movie, along with... James Bond. James Bond, yeah. Oh, General Zod. I really should have like written down all these, because it's a star-studded murder mystery of a movie. And I kind of love that Chris Evans played like the conservative, like, you know, all-American hero. 
And then in this one, I think they make a point to feature that he's just like saying, go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself, or eat shit, eat shit. That's what he's saying. Wow, Daniel, you're a foul mouth. I'm just saying. Sorry, Mom. But that's what they said. I'm just quoting. <laughs> but I don't know. This looks really interesting. It's got a lot of lot of good actors in it and actresses. I mean, I didn't see anyone in this movie that I did not know or like or, or dislike. I mean, well. But, I don't know, it looks very interesting, and it looks very like a stylized murder mystery. And I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, I I, I like the trailer. The cast is awesome. Chris Plummer, too. We didn't mention him. Yes. I know, yeah. I'm excited to see this. It looks interesting at the very least. Kind of, for some reason, gave me, like, now I'm thinking about, like, not, like, in the same style, but somewhere in the same feeling that... Bad Times of the El Royale like trailer first gave me, where it's just kind of like, well, what's this about? What's going to happen? Just so I, I don't know. It looks cool. Definitely check out the trailer, and I am looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. I think of the four we talked about. I think uh, Driven's my number one of the four. But yeah, all these I'll probably definitely be checking out. Yeah, yeah. Definitely Knives Out for sure. All right, and then moving into more news, uh, there's a couple things. So first, uh, Netflix er- officially orders a Sandman series from Neil Gaiman and David Goyer. So two very famous comic book writers and uh, artists. I mean, uh, I haven't heard David Goyer's name in a while. Yeah, me neither. And so I, this is kind of like something that's been like in development hell slash trying to get made for forever, you know. But so it looks like it's finally happening for all you Sandman fans. I've still yet to read this series, but it's on my list. <laughs> Right in the same area where Watchmen is supposed to be. All right, and moving on. So some more Disney move is, okay, I'm trying not to say Halle Berry. Haley, Halle Bailey has been cast as Ariel in the live-action Little Mermaid. And, you know, I've never actually seen this actress in anything else, I don't think. I think she is in anything else. I think she's an unknown, but has a good voice. And I don't know. We'll I don't know, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's, I think your our first official casting for the movie. I think so. So, yeah, like I said, like I'm not really against these. Well, I, I am kind of against these all of these like remakes that they've been doing currently. But again, you've been against them every single one. Every single one. <laughs> Aladdin's the only one that's worked out for me so far. But, you know, again, like they're just not cranking these Book? out, so hopefully, you know, they you know, especially for The Little Mermaid, the movie that was responsible for bringing Disney out of their dark age. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they put a lot of love and care into this because I still really like The Little Mermaid. I actually just bought the original one on, so we can watch that one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, uh, cool. And then on a sadder note, another Disney uh, star, but a Disney Channel star named Cameron Boyce uh, died this weekend on Saturday at the age of 20. Jeez. Yeah, I guess he died in his sleep from a seizure. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah, like, that's kind of scary because I like had epilepsy when I was a kid, and I think you did too, Jordan. And yep. so it's just kind of crazy to think about. Like, we grew out of ours, but so it's not something that afflicts us like in our adult life, but like just 20, like just gone. Like, no fault of his own, I guess. But oh, it's crazy. Anyway, so uh, that's all I have for movie news this week. All right, well, moving on here, let's talk some weekly look back and talk about other flicks we've seen throughout the week here. Why don't you go first? I know you've got a handful. Yeah, I've got a small handful. 
So, um, the first thing I watched was, it's actually titled, We Made a Twilight Documentary from the YouTube channel Fandom Uncovered, which is a subsidiary of Screen Junkies, the ones who do the Honest Trailers. And, yeah, um, I just, like, I actually watched the Wild Wild West Honest Trailer, and then, like, the plug at the end of that movie was, hey, we, we made this little documentary about the Twilight fandom in 2019. So I'm like, oh, like, I'm at work. I got nothing better to do. Uh, I was like 40 minutes long. So I just like was listening to it while I was working. It was actually really interesting. Talked about like the the town of Forks, which is where the Twilight movies take place, which or the books, too. I didn't know that until today, but it takes place in Forks, Washington, and how their whole like small town economy is essentially based around Twilight now. I don't know. It was, it was very interesting. Like, I'm not a Twilight fan, but I guess I'm not against Twilight fans now. It's just, you know, it's something that a lot of people love and they're very passionate about in 2019 still. So, yeah, maybe I'll check that out. It's just on YouTube. So, yeah, if nothing else, like, it's, it's still interesting. It's a short well documentary, made. too. I, I like some of the short documentaries, they're nice. So, got a movie here I saw. Daniel actually saw it with me, as well as our friend Connor, who you've heard on the show before. We had a local theater here playing the 1954 classic Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D. So, yeah, we went and saw an old-school 3D movie, red and blue glasses, and, yeah, I gotta say, I had fun. It yeah. was cool. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I think what made my experience watching in the theaters was there was this little girl next to me with her dad, and she's just like... Kept, I could hear someone, I'm scared. And because, like, and it, as an adult watching a 1950s, like, monster movie, I'm just like, this is silly as hell, and I'm loving every second of it, but I'm not scared. But this little girl's like, ah, the monster, ah, and I'm like, That's that just funny. made it, that just made it great. That's <laughs> like, awesome. I was really enjoying it. Yeah, it's on the other moments. side of you and Connor, so I didn't hear any of that, but yeah, that's hilarious, though. But yeah, this was, this was enjoyable. So there are a couple things that surprised me, is how many creature shots you got. And how much underwater action there was. Like, I thought those two things would be very, very minimal. But there was a lot of it. And I gotta say, for back in the 50s, early 50s, this was really good, like, cinematography. Like, in general for the movie. But just underwater cinematography was incredible, I thought. Especially yeah. for recording in 3D. Yeah, I know. And the underwater shots actually look the best. Because when you're above water in, like, the old 3D, like, everybody kind of looks, like, slightly out of focus at all times. At yeah, least for me, there were some some times where everything looked fine. Other times, yeah, the people up on the deck of the boat looked a little fuzzy at times. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, but underwater is where like but the 3D shines. Everything, yeah, underwater was great. I, this had some good moments in it for sure. I mean, you know, it's, these folks set out for an expedition to go find this, um, well, this creature and this. Well, were they looking for the? They found a hand somewhere, and they're going to go find the rest of it. It's what they're looking for. And they end up going to a lagoon. So, called the Black Lagoon. The Black Lagoon. And that's where everything kicks off. And Wouldn't you believe it? There's a creature. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I had, a, I had a good time watching this. I'd say if it ever plays in a theater near you, go check it out. It makes me look forward to uh, Friday the 13th in 3D even more coming up here in a few weeks. I know. Part three. I got to watch part two. It's like we just saw, uh, yeah, I guess uh adventure movie in 3D. Now we're going to see a slasher movie in 3D. Yeah, that should be even more stupid fun. And it'll be kind of cool to see the technology jump from 1950s 3D to 1980s 3D. Yeah. Looking forward to that for sure. But yeah, I had a good time. It was fun just checking it out. I mean, it's a per it's perfect classic popcorn movie. Oh, definitely. Just sit down, 
eat some popcorn, have a great time. Yep. All right, Daniel, what do you have next? So one of the other things I watched this week was a cartoon called Megamind, which I had heard about this cartoon for years. You know, it's just something that came out, but it was when I was kind of like out of probably watching movies slash cartoons in general. That sounds familiar. Is it a show or a it's a movie? It's a movie. It actually has, essentially, it focuses on a supervillain and how he kind of like, they has like the exact same origins as Superman, or both of them do, but just, you know, like the, the hero ends up like knocking his like, you know, just, I don't, it's, it's, it's just two Superman origin stories. Just one of them turns out to be a supervillain. One of them turns out to be like the shining example of Superman, who the hero is actually played by Brad Pitt. Really? Which I thought was funny. Um, but yeah, it's and it was just like a weird, funny movie where it just followed the the villain, like getting bored after he actually manages to kill the hero in the first like 15 minutes. Well, yeah, in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. So it's just kind of like showing how empty his life is without a hero. But it was actually really fun to watch, and especially now that we live in an age with like the MCU and just. Oh, uh, I remember this like previous four. Yeah, I never saw this. I'm, yeah. I just pulled up here on IMDb. I remember seeing previous though. Yeah. So, um, what was just saying? Oh, I don't know. I just enjoyed like the how they played around with the tropes, especially since they're so well trodden now with like the MCU and like superhero tropes in general are just very. I mean, they're, they're all essentially very similar, so I liked how it focuses on those tropes from the villain perspective and plays with them a little bit. So I, I ended up liking this movie. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but it was it was an interesting watch. Star-studded voice cast. you got Will Farrell, Brad Pitt, Tina Fey, Jonah Hill, David Cross, Ben Stiller, uh, J.K. Simmons. Like, wow. Oh, yeah, the J.K. Simmons. That's a pretty good voice cast there. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, I really I, I enjoyed it. Again, it was just... Uh, it was leading up to the 4th of July weekend, and I just had nothing to do at work, so I was playing that in the background. I think you're getting a vibe of when I see most of my movies. <laughs> but yeah, all right, Jordan, what would you get? What what was your next movie? All right, so to continue my Quentin Tarantino I don't know, recap, I guess, before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, this last week I sat down and watched some Pulp Fiction, which is one of my favorite movies in not just of Tarantino's, but in general. It's true. He's got a he's got a poster right next to us. It's true. It's very sexy. Love this movie. Not gonna go and you know talk too much about it. Sometime we'll just have to do like a whole Tarantino episode, which I'm sure once upon a time in Hollywood will turn into. But yeah, great movie. I mean, you obviously you know you follow two gangsters around a boxer, I don't know, a gangster and his wife. I mean, they're all part of this story that kind of interweave together, and you know, written directed by Tarantino, and yeah, what can I say? It's amazing. Great soundtrack, everything. So, yeah, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But, yeah, if you've never seen Pulp Fiction, I highly recommend it. I mean, just kind of get a feel for Tarantino's style before you go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But, yeah. And if you want to get a, a feel for his over-the-top style, even more so than Pulp Fiction, you got to watch Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2. That's right. Daniel was assigned some movies these last couple weeks. Daniel, what did you, and these are your first time seeing these, obviously. So yes, what, I've never seen Kill Bill Volumes One or Two, and I still haven't seen all Tarantino's movies, but I'll probably take care of that soon. Uh, but yeah, I was you're pretty close, I think. I was interested. Like, this isn't what I I thought it was gonna be, because um, essentially he just makes like a ch- like at least more the first one, especially like he's definitely going for like a 
Hong Kong action film like feel. And he definitely, you have that like with the fights with all of the samurai and the Yakuza. Uh, but I was... The crazy... The crazy 88s. Crazy 88s, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I... I, I enjoy this a lot. I, the, I love the beginning where it just like shows her like ringing a doorbell and she's like, oh, you're early. And just whack, just punches some lady right in the face and you don't know why. Turns out she was a bit of a dick to her. About every everybody was a bit of a dick to her. There's a horrible things that happen. I love this. This fun thing I love about this movie is every time she's about to kill somebody or they give it, they give the hint to the audience that the kill's about to come. You got that. Wee, wee, yeah. The- sound which i that was one of like the leaps that like i had to take when i'm just like okay this is just what they're doing this is just like they're just homaging to old movies like so it's not because it is a very cheesy thing to do but i think for what they're going for it fits in yeah no i think it works brilliantly it's it's a cool sound i mean i use it for my ex's ringtone (laughs) lets me know dangers on the other side that's pretty funny but yeah, no, I ended up really enjoying the first one. Uh, the second one, I was like a little bit less like into from start to finish. Although it, like, there's some good things to like in the second one. Um, kind of get background for training a little bit. Yeah, you get back. I know you get like, like there's just something to say for Tarantino's non-linear storytelling. But uh, yeah, no, you get background for training, like. And her connection to Bill. I don't know. I was a little less into this one, but like there the trailer fight scene was amazing with the one-eyed woman. And I she just I mean, I guess spoiler, but she plucks out her eye. Yeah. Plucks it out. Her, her one working eye and gone. I know. I just love how you're just like, how are they gonna have a super sweet sword fight inside of this tiny trailer? Which they kind of like play with because you're like oh you can't do that swings and stuff because you keep hitting your sword on everything yep <laughs> and then she just plucks out her other eye and leaves her in there with the black mamba i'm assuming will eventually bite that woman so, but yeah no that's that's probably one of my favorite fight scenes ever definitely one of my favorite chick fights ever yeah and it definitely if i ever made a list would be on the top five for sure and i guess i was very surprised like I'm sure this, like, a lot of people were just, like, not into, like, the ending. But I was surprisingly, like, I loved the ending of this movie. And I can't actually put my finger on it. I don't know why I loved it, but I just love, like, the change of pace and the talking between the two characters. I'm like, I love what's happening right now. And I don't know why I love it, but I love it. And so, I don't know. I just I had a great time watching these movies. Definitely not oh, what good. I was expecting. Because I heard a lot, like, Kill Bill Volume 2, they ended up using a ton of guns or something. I had heard that, like, years ago. And I'm like, I was just waiting for that. But it never happened. Mm, bad rumor. Yeah. So, I'm like, so that would kind of, like, threw me for a loop, too. But, yeah, I, was, I enjoyed this. And it's, like I said, it's one of the Quentin Tarantino movies that I haven't seen. So, I got to knock one more off my list. Well, cool. Awesome. So I got one more thing here, then we'll move on. Okay. Not going to talk about it too long because I've only seen part of it so far, but I started this last weekend the new season of Stranger Things. Definitely not a Stranger Things It's not Twilight. I know. Anyway. Yes. New season of Stranger Things is here. And so far, yeah, I've watched two episodes and I'm liking what I see so far. I'm liking it quite a bit, actually. Uh, I'm not going to get into too much detail because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but especially me, I'm liking the 
80s feel to this. It feels even more 80s. And I like the mall. It kind of reminds me of my childhood because, you know, I was born in 83. So, like, I have memories of, like, the late 80s going to our local mall and stores that they show in there, like, the old Gap sign, Sam Goody, Hot Dog on a Stick. I was going to say, Hot Dog on a Stick is still around. Yes, (laughs) but I don't even know if they still dress with the same attire, but, yeah. With the stripes and the crazy colors? Yeah. Yeah, they still make them wear those. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to one in a while. But yeah, it's just so much fun seeing all this old school mall stuff. And yeah, two episodes in, enjoying it so far. And there's been some cool surprises already, just cool things that have happened. And yeah, not going to talk about it anymore. But yeah, look forward to finishing the season. So everybody out there, check out Stranger Things. Looking forward to starting it. All right, well, let's move on here. And I guess we'll get into our movie of the day here. Some we'll talk some movie of the week. Spider-Man Far From Home. I don't know why. Every time we say Spider-Man, I'm like, into the Spider-Verse. I'm like, no, wrong no. one. No, ah, wrong one. Still pretty good movie, though. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a all right yes spider-man is back we have spider-man far from home here written by chris mckenna and directed by john watts who also directed homecoming and i think the writer of this he also wrote homecoming as well so the same team is back for writing directing yeah he also wrote lego batman too i didn't realize that till recently yeah, same writer as Lego Batman, Jumanji, the, like the new Jumanji, The Rock, as well as Ant Man and the Wasp. So, so he's got he's got a record. He's, he's got some credibility to him, yeah. Okay. But yeah, same writing directing team that did Spider Man Homecoming did Into the Earth. <laughs> I almost I said know. it. There it is. <laughs> Far from home. But yeah, so yeah, Tom Holland's back as Peter Parker. Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal joins the cast as Quentin Beck slash Mysterio. Marissa Tomei as Mae Parker, John Favreau as Happy Hogan, and Zendaya? Zendaya? I think it's Zendaya. Zendaya? Does she just have one name for her name? I thought she had a last name. <laughs> just also on IMDb is Zendaya. Anyway, she's MJ. I'll read you here the quick synopsis. Alright, so, following the events of Avengers Endgame, Peter Parker, aka Spider-Man, faces a new challenge. He must set out to help his friend Thor lose the weight he gained because how else are you going to get your average female moviegoer back in the seats for the next Thor out- outing? Together they train Rocky style. Plenty of jump roping, plenty of push-ups, pure determination, and of course, one kick-ass 80s soundtrack. Okay, that would, <laughs> doesn't actually what happened, but man, wouldn't that be kind of cool? If was that, that was... your dream casting for the sequel? Right? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be cool though? It's like a superhero buddy team-up movie. Maybe in some kind of alternate Spidey universe? Some type of multiverse? So far, <laughs> right? So Far From Home kicks off with Peter and his classmates taking off to Europe for some science field trip. Apparently they're all bleeped, as they call it. I don't know if that's just their way of saying fucked, like we all got fucked, but they call it bleeped. Blipped. Or blipped? Oh, it's blipped. They, they called it blipped. Ah, crap. <laughs> You're like, I worked so hard on that joke. Oh, man. Back to the drawing board for the joke. Yeah, wouldn't it just be, I'm just thinking like the whole blip thing, like for some people five years has passed, some people like nor- life went by as normal, except for half your friends are gone. 
When the, just think of it though. Like, let's say you were like on the toilet. All of a sudden, the snap happened and you're gone. Five years later, you're back on the toilet. You might be sitting on somebody. Who knows? Well, that's the thing. You could be sitting on somebody. Uh, you know, somebody else probably owns the house by now. I mean, what if you like all of a sudden, like, because you to you, no time has passed at all. All of a sudden, you're back in your bathroom, sitting on the toilet, and like you look over and there's an old lady taking a bath, and then you just like scare the shit out of her and give her a heart attack. Just crazy. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't even thought about that, but that makes sense. Back to Spider-Man here. So yeah, they go to Europe where we see new threats arise. But hey, don't worry, because there's a new guy in town. Wears a fishbowl on his head and goes by the name Mysterio. And yeah, we'll get into him here. So yeah, Daniel, what were your, I guess, initial thoughts going into Spider-Man Far From Home? Were you excited? Are you kind of burnt out on this whole MCU stuff? You know, I'm not like 100% burnt out on like MCU. And, you know, for me personally, like after Endgame, I probably could have like just turned around and walked away. But the fact that they start the like the new set of movies off with Spider-Man, I'm like, okay, well, I really like this Spider-Man. Plus, you know, it's a tradition for you, me, and our dad to go see MCU. So that's really the thing that keeps me in. But it's this, the only I thing think, we got. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> this is like the perfect lead-in, like to get me to want to keep watching these movies is a Spider-Man movie. And you know, I, I was looking forward to this. I did like Homecoming fairly well. I still I've I watched it recently too. Um, yeah, I kind of wish I had recapped that one before this, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, but I, I still really enjoy this and something that we'll talk about a little later, but I love that we're two movies in with Spider-Man and we're not seeing villains that we've already seen on screen. Like, I love that they have, I almost said Hawkeye, um, the Vulture in the first one. I love, I freaking love that they, when they announced that Mysterio was going to be in this one, because I think he's such a cool character and there's so much interesting things you can do with him mm-hmm. that I was super excited for this in the trailer. They nailed the costume. So I was just in and, you know, I, I was definitely not disappointed by Mysterio at all in this movie. So overall, I just, I, I don't know. That's, uh, I guess my general thoughts is Mysterio nailed it. And that was the biggest fear for me, but they did it. So cool. cool. All right. Yeah. For me, but yeah, I was still excited about this. I mean, I love Spider-Man. He's my favorite superhero of all time. So anytime Spider-Man movie's coming out, I'm in. Whether it looks good or not, I'm there. My butt's in a seat opening weekend because I just love Spider-Man that much. And yeah, I, I don't know. I'm getting slightly burnt out a little bit with this MCU. Just a little bit. I mean, they've had some uh, okay-ish ones in the leading up to Endgame. Like, I wasn't really big on Ant-Man and Wasp or Captain Marvel. However, Endgame was awesome. And this movie, you know, which kind of closes Phase 3, is from what I've heard, it's not kicking off Phase 4, it's closing Phase 3. Right. Bring it all kind of wraps. It's good. I know I enjoyed it myself quite a bit. Um, we'll get a little bit more into, like, because I, I uh, like you, I enjoyed Mysterio quite a bit. Like, he looked cool in the previews, like you said, mm-hmm. and I loved watching him on screen. That was cool. I don't mind that they left New York and went somewhere else, too. Like, I, I was fine with that as well. And, yeah, there's... The one thing, like you said, it's cool that we're still getting new villains. And with these last two Spider-Man villains, they're really nailing these villains. Yeah, things that should come off as super goofy and should not work in live action. They nailed the Vulture. They brought, they toned him down a little bit. They took away like his weird de-aging power where he sucks people's life forces out, which I thought was smart. That was like from like the 90s cartoon. cartoon I yeah. think 
probably the comics too. But yeah, well, because like, so I thought Sam Raimi did a good job with the villains overall. Um, minus the hob or the excuse me, the Green Goblin's cheesy ass Power Ranger costume, he was still a cool villain overall. I definitely enjoyed Doc Ock and Spider Man too. Absolutely, and. Kind of the challenge of bringing, I guess, what you could call semi cheesy character to life was uh, Sandman. They brought him to life and did really good in the third one. He he was better than Venom in the third one. Yeah, he was. I thought he was. At least they made him more compelling. Yeah, and Venom's kind of where they started going to handle some of the villains. But like in yeah, because like in the Gar Garfield ones, the villains were okay. Lizard, Jordan. Lizard no. was like eh. Lizard was eh, which also should be a very cool, very compelling. He's a very compelling, complex villain. They didn't handle the story right. They rushed it. I felt like. Yeah. They. Uh, that was like, why does he want to turn them into into lizard people? Yeah, his motivation <laughs> was lame. But yeah, they kind of rushed that one. And then Electro was bad, which also Electro should was... be a cool villain. He was in the second one of the Andrew yeah, Garfield. Just wasn't movies. handled right. And then they also botched the Green Goblin again. Yeah, which he was okay, but then he had the electric rhino. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot that they had them at the end. But, so, yeah. little, we don't talk about the Andrew Garfield. So, but, yeah, it kind of took a dip a little bit there. But, yeah, they came back with the Vulture. He was awesome. Played by Michael Keaton. And now we got Mysterio here, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And, yeah, I think as far as Mysterio goes, they nailed it. I thought they did a great job with him. He was my favorite part of, of this movie. Oh, absolutely. Like, every scene he was in, he, like, he nailed the performance. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal is not somebody I think of when I think of movie stars. But I really need to start considering that because... He's in so many movies all the time. He's constantly working and he nails it. He sure. nailed this part in like something that could so easily been screwed up by either a wrong casting or just like how they handle the character. But it just, he handled the character well and then they wrote the character well that I think it really works. And it really like bring, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to say bring some because the movie's still good without like, well, overall but i think the mysterio like element just brings it up to even greater heights yeah no i totally agree well again for me i thought it was the best part of this this movie was good the biggest problem i had with it probably was the pacing it got really slow at moments and a spider-man movie shouldn't get slow or boring because I, and i did feel myself getting just the slightest bit bored in some areas yeah. which shouldn't happen in a spider-man movie but then Mysterio would come back on screen, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm back in. I know, yeah. like the, That's one of the critical parts. Like, the first half of the movie, like, while it moves, those are where, like, some of the slow parts are. But, like, the back half of this movie just goes, and it's it's great. It's mm -hmm. just like, like, yeah, it would be nice if they paced it a little better, but overall, still pretty well. I found myself, yeah, thinking, I'm like, eh, do I like this? And, yeah, something happens with Mysterio. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you think of this version of Spider-Man? To be f I mean I do like Tom Holland as Spider-Man as far as him between Andrew Garfield uh Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland, I think I like Tom Holland the best. Um and I think just because they like I mean, well when he's actually in high school, he looks like he actually supposed to be in high school and not just 30 year olds in high school. Mm -hmm. um, so that also helps. But I, I really like him. He's very charismatic and he also plays like the insecurities of Spider-Man very well. Like how he's not confident in his abilities to, you know, sometimes like, yeah. And that, I think that uh, 
that works really well for the version of Spider-Man that they're portraying. Like, especially now that he's lost his mentor, Tony Stark. Uh, Endgame spoiler if you haven't seen Endgame. But, you know, it's just... Wow, Daniel. I mean, well, hopefully you've seen Endgame if you're watching Spider-Man. It's almost the biggest movie in the world, so... Of all time, so hopefully people have seen it. Hopefully. But yeah, so it's just... Uh, I don't know. The Peter Parker that they're giving us, I think, is a bit more grounded and real than the other Peter Parker versions that we've gotten, especially with Andrew Garfield. I didn't feel like... I liked his Peter Parker a little bit better than Tobey Maguire's. Mm-hmm. All right. Or maybe it was the Spider-Man that I liked a little better. I don't know. But I think Tom Holland, so far, is nailing what they're giving him. And I really like his, his version of Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Like yeah. He's still pretty green. Yeah, I, I, I'm liking him. I like him in the role quite a bit. The I think the one thing I'm not liking about this Spider-Man world that we're kind of in here is... I, I like... Like going back to the cartoon a little bit, more the struggle of Peter Parker, and not that he's never gonna like, you know, invent in this day and age, invent a cool app and uh, be a millionaire. But there's there's not much struggle, I guess, for him because like he he's always got these gadget suits going on. He's got help at the just picks up his phone and has help whenever he needs it. So I kind of like more of him being kind of a loner in New York City, kind of just vigilante. Like kind of you yeah. see in the cartoon quite a bit your in the comics. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But yeah, when he can call anybody from the Avengers, Nick Fury, the drop of a dime, and all these power suits and everything like that, I I don't know. It kind of takes a little bit out of it for me. I still love love Tom Holland in this role. Like he's great. Yeah, and one of the I guess I think I read this a while ago too is that one of the one of the factors that is in every single version of Spider-Man, at least especially in the at least in the comics, no matter what Spider-Man you're following, he always has money troubles. Now, in this version, he's essentially bankrolled by the Stark Industries. Like if he really needs something, he's going to get it. Basically, yeah. So, which I'm okay with. I don't think he needs to be like broke all his life. I mean, I think he can, you know, maybe out of college like or you know, out of high school, college early 20s like most of us but then yeah i mean like i said if in this day and age if he invented a killer app became a millionaire oh, i don't he, i wouldn't care he would absolutely if do he, that. yeah and if he wants to live in a sweet pad in new york city i'm cool with that as long as you know still spider-man and still you know going out there slinging bad guys yeah yeah so yeah so i i can see why you wouldn't like love those tweaks but yeah like it does take away with a little bit of the struggle that spider-man is so famous for and one of like all right, his biggest struggle in this is just like, I don't know how to talk to girls. Yeah, which is also fun. I still love that which struggle. Fine. I mean, we, Spider-Man, where he's just well, like, yeah. I mean, we all struggle with that, especially in high school. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. It's always fun to watch that, like especially because this is one of the only characters in the MCU that you see that with, if not the only one. Right. Is that you know, like he can do all these crazy stuff, and he's super confident for the most part when he's being Spider-Man, but when he's being Peter Parker. You just see the holes in his confidence like yeah. come out, and Awkward, I still like quirky. that. Yeah, no, it's yeah. fun. It's fun to watch. Um, yeah, there's uh, so many. There, I got a lot of stuff here that I liked on this list. Here, Mysterio was the big one. I mean, I just loved the scenes with him. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to give anything away here, but yeah, there's some really cool Mysterio scenes. Uh, one thing I was surprised at is how long we felt like he was on our side for. Because I got to a point where I was actually like, oh, maybe he's not going to turn. Maybe they've turned Mysterio into a, just an overall good guy. And I'm like, eh, I could live with that. 
I actually got to that point where like, yeah, no, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, see, that's, I think, is that, like, feels kind of spoiler, spoilery, but if you know anything about Mysterio, you know he's an illusionist, like he's a trickster. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty obvious. But yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I'm like, okay, well, he's been a really great guy for, like, half the movie. So I'm just like, is this just, like, my, like, fan theory was, I'm like, okay, well, they're introducing the multiverse in this movie, so he's actually going to be a good guy. And then the Quentin Beck from our Earth is going to be like a bad guy and somehow he's going to like take over the mantle of Mysterio and just be a bad guy with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we won't say what anything else beyond that because yeah, that would be kind of spoilery, but I'm trying to think here what else. Um, I like seeing more Happy Hogan in this one. He's, yes. a, he's a character that I've always liked since the beginning. So it's fun seeing more of him. And yeah, you got a little bit of Aunt May going on in here, a little more of her. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. As far as, uh, I guess she more we see her more in the beginning than anything because she's absent in the middle yeah because they, they all go to europe exactly yeah like they have like a small scene when he's calling her and talking to her and she's just at doing whatever she does for work um but then yeah you don't see much of her which is fine one thing that wasn't clear was aunt may snapped uh yeah they never say that she was or wasn't i would assume that she was i don't know because are they still living in the same home they had? Because, I mean, five years go by and people think you're gone for good. So I'm almost thinking maybe she wasn't, if that was the same apartment and everything. I'm not sure because I feel like, like I said, where the Stark industry comes in is that if they were, I feel like the justifiable reason that why that apartment was still around is just because Stark Industries like, okay, we're just going to secure this until we figure out stuff. So I feel like Tony Stark if we figure out would stuff. not let... That but I don't know because I mean. But then he, again, Batman he, and the Justice League. He went. And set, he went and set off his own life elsewhere, and I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm under the impression most of his class was snapped though, because they're all, all back in high school. Fr- all of his friends were snapped, and then the tertiary characters are kind of hit and miss. But they do like how they played around with the idea of like what happened, like how is this, and they even kind of explained it away. It's just like well. You know, so we got snapped right after midterms, uh, and the people that didn't get snapped just continued their education, and the people that did get snapped just essentially have to start right where they left off, like yeah. repeat the whole year. <laughs> you come back, it's you know, it's been five years, but you know, and you're like, oh man, I got a midterm due tomorrow. They changed math. <laughs> yeah. Changed math. I mean, that's not something that happens, but I could. <laughs> Just, what? How can you, just, how can you change math? Math is math, math, math. <laughs> yeah. just, so I did like how they kind of explained it because people, that was a big thing going into this movie. It was like, well, how how does how does this make sense? So I think they did an, a fine job of just like being like, okay, so this is what happened. Like it's not super detailed, but it doesn't need to be. It's no. a fictional universe. Yeah. You just it. lay out the rules and I'll be good. Right. And yeah, they, I mean, they, 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 I did like with them showing the people in the gym disappearing. And oh. then I, th- I think it was like a volleyball game was going on when they disappeared and then when yeah. they came back five years later there was like a band going on inside the gym and then all of a sudden they appeared right in front of everybody and everybody started colliding yeah so it's, yeah good stuff there i know they had a lot of, they they did a lot of good humor with it um yeah i don't know uh let me see i'm trying to think of like what else isn't too spoilery that i enjoyed um let me see anything you didn't like I kind of mentioned the pacing a little bit here. Um, so I would say, uh, I know you're not a huge fan of Ned, 
Um, but I thought they did a better job with his character now, and they actually... He he's was supposed to be quirky and funny. Well, he, they actually wrote him funny stuff to say in this movie. Right. He was less <laughs> annoying in this, for sure. Like, he was just straight up, yeah, just annoying in the first one, I thought. But yeah, way less annoying in this, and more likable, I would say, just in general. Yeah, I th- like I said, I think they wrote him better stuff to work with. Yeah, um, I, I think he and Betty's stuff got a little cheese. It was funny at first, but it kind of turned into cheese. A little bit. I, I liked it for the most part. Um, and then the uh, the science teacher, which is the same science teacher that they go to DC with in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I think we both agree, like he got a little annoying. Like he was just had, like it's he had like dumb lines. Oh, they were giving him cheesy line for cheesy line. However, the one thing that he said that made me laugh is when he's talking to Peter, he's like, yeah, my wife pretended to get snapped. And we had a funeral for her and everything. And then it turns out she just ran off with her boyfriend. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is a very real thing that probably some oh, people yeah. would have done. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I'm still kind of curious, like, the economic side of things, but that's just... That's just too much to go into. Too much to go into, too much to think about. Because, like you said, like, there'd have to be an economical relief foundation to, like, house these displaced people, probably an uptake in homelessness because they all just shoot back and just... It's well, a, just in the five years in general, like half your staff is gone, half your uh, market is gone. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, but yeah, when everything is poof back, like, oh crap, where do we put all, yeah, where do we house all these people? What do we do? Yeah. Like there's a lot, there would be a lot to figure out. That's too much for us to even talk about. So right. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just say Back to friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So yeah, they go to Europe, things start happening, things start coming out of the ground. They call it the Elements. The elementals, yeah, elementals, which yeah. is how they slide in Hydro Man, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, and yeah so I thought he was going to be a central villain for some reason, but I guess not. No, I, I know, like he's a definitely, I think one of the lesser known like Spider-Man villains. I mean, like we know him from the '90s cartoon, which is also where I know Mysterio from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they kind of like I, you know, they're at least trying to put in like lesser known villains because we've all seen green goblin i mean he's been in two of the spider-man series so far i have a feeling he's still coming around the corner he, he has to be somewhere well i feel like oscorp is going to be the new um tech or uh stark industries yeah i could see that oscorp has got to be around the corner somewhere i could see them like trying to do a hostile takeover well and i wonder if we'll meet well he's in high school still but yeah maybe he'll meet harry in the next one or soon maybe like if he goes off to college yeah I think Which I'm kind of hoping they do that. I hope he just they we fast forward to him being in college now. I'm kind of I'm over the high school stuff. I want to see him in college now and older. Yeah, dealing with like, yeah, early twenties kind of stuff in life. Yeah, I would like that. Um, but this is another thing that I was thinking of too. I was thinking of like Spider Man too. Like he's you know never getting sleep. He's always late for class. Those those kind of struggles like we're just not seeing with this new one at all. Yeah, which again, Spider-Man. like, it's a very interesting. It just like helps, j- like, I don't know. It just like, good. <laughs> I just, I guess, what I'm trying to say is like, especially because Spider-Man's like one of his main purposes when he was like created was, you know, like he had an alternate identity. Like when he he's super strong, but that doesn't solve your money problems. He's super like quick and smart, but you still got to figure out how to like get Aunt May her medicine, you know, when she was like older. Well, right. Stuff. But yeah, you gotta, yeah. Figure He's got to go to college. May He's got to pay for college. college I mean, like, now in this one, yeah, if he wants to go to college, Stark Industries will pay for his college. Right. And all that stuff. 
So well, just, just but yeah, that's something I think they handled really well in the Tobey Maguire ones or the yes. Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies was his day-to-day struggles. I know, which I think is an important part of the character that unfortunately did fall back, like or fall to the wayside in these ones. But yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think what else to talk about before we go into spoilers here. Um. I don't know. I kind of just want to go into spoilers. Let's let's just start spoilers because there's a lot of cool stuff that we don't want to spoil. All right. So going into spoilers here in five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers. Spoiler talk. All right. So, so going back to uh, Mysterio, like halfway through the movie, finally Mysterio just uh, reveals that he's a bad guy. But he doesn't reveal it to any of the main characters. It just reveals it to the audience. That Which I thought that was a cool way of doing that, too. Yes. and Because usually we just get a long dialogue scene from one character to another character. Which, I mean, he kind of explains to his audience, making us the audience. But, yeah. Right. So, and that's something. Because um, if you don't. Good reveal, though. Yeah, because if you don't know, like, Mysterio's, like, origin, essentially, like, he's just an illusionist. Like, a magician slash illusionist, special effects artist, what have you, that like you know uses illusions to commit crimes but for this one you're like oh he just seems like a really good guy for half the movie and then he makes his heel turn and i loved how he was just having a a, a talk with spider-man and i guess how we i guess we should say that like tony stark leaves spider-man with this ai program Oh, that's right. Through I forgot about the glasses. Edith. I totally forgot about the glasses. Yeah. But like the whole, like that's wait, what Mysterio what, 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 was trying wait, to get. What were they called? Edith. Edith. And that was like, even dead, I'm the hero? Something like that. I actually, I, did, I totally forgot about this. I didn't ask you, but people were laughing or something during the movie. And I could not hear what Edith stood for when we were watching it. Yeah. I think it's even dead, I'm the hero. Okay. Okay. Well, that's awesome i wish i had heard that yeah but yeah so like tony stark leaves him with this ai billion dollar ai program that controls like satellites in orbit well it's all done through his like stark glasses too that we've seen tony stark wear over the years exactly yeah and so i really that was cool but like mysterious whole plan is like to convince peter parker that he just might not be cut out for this and so he ends up giving control over to the ai program to mysterio and then that's when we get the heel turn after he leaves, like part, like a bunch of the people in the bar start to like fade away and you realize it is all an illusion. And then he makes his heel turn. It was just like, was that so hard? It was actually pretty easy. <laughs> and I just love because they, his whole group of people, I love how they use, like pull from different, like very obscure people from M- like that we've seen in the MCU already. It's just like essentially background characters. Mm-hmm. But like how he, he yeah, like, that, that was a cool moment there. Yeah, a few flashbacks. But yeah, it turns out Quentin Beck worked with uh, Tony Stark. Yeah, on Barf. Yeah. And I mean, so I love how it just like turns into like something again that they do really well with these characters. They ground them. Like he's just a disgruntled Stark ex Stark employee who just kind of got like walked over by Tony Stark, and. So I thought that was a great way. Be like someone wanting to get revenge on Steve Jobs if he was still around. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess he. I guess. Well, I guess they're both dead at this point. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of. Um, Imagine Steve Jobs was Iron Man of our time. 
wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I did, I did like that. Like when I was watching it, like he's talking like like and you made it possible. You know, he's talking to his whole team like we couldn't have done it without you, you and you and then you get little flashbacks. And watching it, I was just like, do we need to get flashbacks? But I'm like, after I thought about it for a second, I'm like, no, we do. Because these are they're like, pretty brief. They're super obscure characters, too. Like, one of them was like the guy who got fired by Obadiah in the first Iron Man. I'm like, I'm not going to remember who the hell that guy is by if you show me his face. Right. So you needed those flashbacks to place these people or else you wouldn't have it wouldn't have meant anything to most people. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool reveal, though. And yeah, made me like the Mysterio character even more. I think, yeah, they overall nailed a lot of good stuff about this character. One of my favorite scenes in this, and I guess uh, I guess this is probably my standout moment too, was the fight between Mysterio and Spider-Man in that, like, that was a warehouse or a building that was being built, but in that building yes. where just things are happening all over the place as far as, like, the illusion stuff goes, and, like, Spider-Man's just getting the crap kicked out of him, all to end with a train running him over. I mean, that was just awesome yeah that was yeah that had to be my stand-up i'm like that whole sequence like it was amazing that's why i I really want to see this in 3d because i think that scene alone would look amazing in 3d it absolutely would i actually might go tonight we'll see but it's just like i love that like you know like yeah he's just like messing with spider-man's mind because that's like just mysterious thing like he's just a normal dude and all these are illusions so spider-man actually gets a hold of him he's finished so it's all about the illusion and tricking his mind and they nailed it with that sequence. I love when he's just like pops up behind him. Then he just goes to throw a huge punch at his face. Then he just like ends up smacking like a pillar behind him. Yeah. Like it was just, it was perfect. That's it nailed the essence of Mysterio. And I'm so glad they actually ended up doing this. Cause one of my favorite things that Mysterio does every time I see him was he ends up holding his fishbowl in his hand and there's like no head, like the headless horseman. Yes. And they, that was awesome. And I thought the costume design was really good too for the character. It was. It was so I thought good. they did a good job bringing the costume to screen. Yeah, I mean, by far he was my favorite part of this whole thing. I mean, I know I sound like I kind of was a Debbie Downer in the movie a little bit. Not really. It was still a really good movie overall. The pacing needed to be a little bit better. And I just, I just wish Peter's classmates weren't so cheesy. I mean, they are cheesy. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's like more aimed at like thirteen year olds this kind of movie, but I just wish the classmates weren't so cheesy. But other than that, I mean, some good moments there. Um, Yeah, we talked about you know him using Stark Industries. What do you think about him like kind of being like the torch, the crown being passed on to Spider Man since Iron Man's gone now? I mean, I feel like that just makes sense of how they set up the character, like Tony Stark. Like, see the one for it though. You think he's ready for it? Well, that's the thing. Spider Man isn't ready for it, but he steps up. Like, that's just, I mean, that's mostly Spider-Man's arc in a lot of different stories. Like, he's not ready for it. He's still super green. But, you know, yeah, I'm sure Tony Stark, you know, wanted to mentor him more, but... So, does that mean, like, the things like Private Jets, are those all his now? (laughs) I don't think he owns those. Is is Happy Hogan, like, his butler now? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, at, at that point, like, Happy Hogan just, like, attached himself to Peter Parker because he was so attached to Tony Stark. And Tony Stark was like, saw something in Peter. So now he's just like, all right, well, I love Tony so much. So this, I do this to honor him. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the dynamic I see. And yeah, he does help. And it doesn't hurt that uh, now apparently he's dating his aunt. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, they kind of allude to that. <laughs> They're kind of like, we're just seeing how things go. Which I actually would be fine with that relationship if that kind of went somewhere. I'd, I'd be cool with it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty good. But uh, I go ahead. 
I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, it's. I do like everything that they present in this movie. I think one of my favorite uh, scenes is when they're actually like editing, like doing editing on the illusion, <laughs> while they're like they're trying to figure out how to make oh, it work. That's how right, that's right. To make it more cinematic. Well, right, because it turns out all the. Um, Elements, or what do they call them? The elementals. Elementals are all just illusions made by Mysterio to look like he's the good guy helping out, and you know. Yes, and I also love how he's just walking around in a mocap suit because, like, when he's using his powers, that's all just like part of the illusion. He's not flying or anything. He just has a mocap suit to make to like you know project his voice and do like make some little tweaks here and there to the performance. Mm-hmm. But I loved him walking around his mocap suit I with like the bull over his the head. The bull over his head. I thought, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And all the drones and everything. I, I, I thought it was cool. Like the way they pulled it off. I mean, how else do you pull off a villain like Mysterio? Yeah. And the drones all formatting together to make the images make sense. Yeah. I thought, I thought that that was a pretty reasonably grounded way for the universe that we're presented. Uh, how, like how it would work. And I thought that was great. I like how they did the destructions. Like drones are like arms, so like when it shows like the monster like hitting a pillar, the drones are just kind of like shooting it. And as it blows up, when the like it impacts, so I thought it was pretty clever. Uh, I don't know. I I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. What did you think of uh, MJ? This new MJ character Peter's likes. It's not the classic MJ we're used to as far as the initials MJ go. I don't think they're really going for Mary Jane Watson per se with her because she isn't Mary Jane Watson. Yeah. They, they give her another name. I forget. But I, same initials. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought she's fine. Like I kind of enjoy her character a little bit more. And well, she actually wasn't didn't have a huge part in the first one. No. She. I don't know. I, I think she's fine. She's cute. I guess, you know, in high school, that's what guys want but i i kind of find her boring to be honest i don't really find her all that exciting yeah i mean even in this one she she uh they give her more to do but they still don't give her a lot so i feel like that like i feel like in the next one they'll give her a lot more to do and so hopefully that'll bring the writers to like write her a lot but like more stuff to do hopefully better writing i guess because I think that's all that character really needs to make her so, a little bit more likable. What do you think about her knowing Peter's secret? You know, I'm okay with it because it is freaking, it should be so obvious to everybody in his class that he's Spider-Man. Just like, why Why else would Spider-Man be in DC right when, like, the, like, you know, I don't remember, the elevator fell or something in the first Spider-Man and what? Why is Spider-Man in Europe when you're in Europe? You know, like it should be so obvious. So I think if she's a smart enough character, she's like, okay, yeah, I'm not stupid. And I like how um, they even have the little reveal. I, I think like, that thing that just still had show it from her point of view of leading up to it, like trying to figure it out. I mean, maybe do like a little flashback. Spider-Man could have just, like, just been in DC for all she knows. I mean, she has no idea. I, I don't guess. know. I think they should have done more to, as a buildup to that reveal. But yeah, so MJ knows who Spider-Man is now. They kind of go for this cute little swing around the city at the end, which is kind of fun. But uh, I'll tell you, my biggest surprise was that mid-credit scene. As far as the surprise goes, you want to talk that? Yes, I guess. I guess if we're getting towards the end, yeah. Let's. Uh, let me see. Do I have anything left of Mysterio? I loved Mysterio. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no. I think. 
Oh, you know, I'm going to mention one more thing about how he beats Mysterio is exactly how I think Spider-Man should beat that. He starts uh, using, like, he trusts his uh, spider sense, or Peter, his Peter Tingle, or more <laughs> that commonly, was actually pretty funny. <laughs> more commonly known as the spider sense to see through the illusion and just trust his like reaction and his abilities to get to Mysterio, which I think is a perfect way to end that fight. Like it's it's awesome. Mysterio is apparently dead, but I kind of like when Loki's dead, he can't be dead. Like he's definitely still around in my book, and you know hopefully we get a Sinister Six somewhere. Which I can see that coming. Oh yeah. Because we already if got, done right, could be really, really cool. Because we got the vulture, we got the scorpion, we have um Mysterio. So there's a that's that's half. That's half of them already. So Yeah. It's a very real chance now. Shocker. Be, oh yeah, and Shocker. That's four. We just need two more. So yeah, just need a couple more and there could be yeah, there could be stuff around the corner. I'm surprised we didn't get any more hints of uh did we? Did we did we see the guy that said he was the what is the scorpion's actual name? Uh Gargit, Matt Gargus? Yeah. Did we get any more hints of him in this? Not in this one. I don't Okay, think. I don't remember seeing anything about him. I mean, I haven't watched any Easter egg YouTube videos yet, so maybe there's more in there that I don't know about yet. Right. Um so yeah, biggest surprise for me was that mid credit scene. And there well, were two surprises in that. Two good surprises season. in there. So why don't we start with the fun one? The cameo. The to cameo. End all cameos. Yeah, talking about cool cameo. J.K. Simmons is back as J. Jonah Jameson. Woo. It was. I could not believe. Like my jaw was on the my, my jaw. My jaw was on the ground when he popped up. It's like of the because like you it goes to like some news lady, some news anchors just like from the controversial like like newspaper the daily bugle then it shows a clip of j jonah jameson ranting about spider-man yeah just like the good old days so yeah quentin beck essentially set him up spider-man to be up as a bad guy so now you're kind of just fixed like well is he here to help us or is he not yeah so he's kicked that off and then he reveals to everybody who spider-man is he outs peter parker as spider-man which i don't know do you like that or don't you I don't know. I think it's interesting. I thought that was going to happen. I, f- I feel like in the, this well, MCU, everybody knows who everybody is. So it was only a matter of time. However, I still like Spider-Man. Always like mask on at all times. Nobody can know who I am. Yes. Now, that's one of the more interesting like things that, that I don't like about the Spider-Man. He's not very protective of wearing his mask. Oh, not in any of these. No. Maybe, maybe more in the Sam Raimi ones, but like... I remember Andrew Garfield walking around maskless in the school. Yeah. Looking for the lizard. And I'm like, why'd you take your mask off? Yeah, it's just like something that, especially for Spider-Man's character, like he's super protective about his secret identity, which, so I think this would be a more of a, a huge thing if he like was super careful about wearing his mask all the time. But still, it's still a pretty big thing. Um, and I'm well, interested he, in Infinity War. He wasn't careful on the school bus. Like he couldn't just cross the bus and open the window. He had to web it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Which I still find that weird. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So it seems like it, it's not as big of a deal as it could have been. And I feel like it should have been if they had like made those small character tweaks from the beginning. But I still think it presents some interesting and subverts a lot of expectations. Like, oh, like, so what are they going to do? Like, are the Sinister Six just going to come out of nowhere and be like, these are 
like get a few little flashes was like Spider-Man screwed me over and he screwed me over and he screwed me over. So we're just going to screw him over now. Yeah, I, I think that's probably will be the beacon for just the so, other super. So I'm wondering, like, for, moving forward here in another Spider-Man film, are we going to see Doc Ock return? Because he was always one of the main Sinister Six. Now, yeah, I think he'd probably be the one of the two that they have left because I apparently there's more nods than I didn't notice any nods to Craven the Hunter, but the director John Watts is his name, right? Yeah, said that if he was to do another one. He wants to bring Craven in, okay. which I'm like, kind of the bane, I guess, of the Spider-Man universe, sort yeah. of. And I, I love because like of. I could see that because I'm like, oh, well, Craven the Hunter, you know, he hunts prey, and Spider-Man was like his his greatest prey. Now he knows who Spider-Man is, which kind of takes a little bit of the thrill of the hunt out of it, but it could still like cr- like be the reason why he comes into town to take out Spider-Man. Like I I love Craven the Hunter. He's such an awesome character, and again, one that you haven't seen in live action. So I love that if the guy who's directing the first two like gets his third one, it sounds like he's gonna give us Craven the Hunter. Yeah, which uh, I'm cool with him returning as director. I just hope um, they. I think we just need a little bit more on the writing part. I think part of it is Marvel Disney influence. Mm-hmm. Part of why we get cheesy lined or cheesy line going for laughs constantly. Some of the humor sticks. No pun intended. Others just don't. See, that's the type of stuff they need to put in the movie. Right. But also, a little bit more of quipping Spider-Man while he's fighting. That's where you can put the right. cheesy jokes if you want. Well, yeah, and I mean, we got, a, like, one of my favorite moments of that is actually in the Andrew Garfield one where he's talking to the guy, like, Oh, a tiny knife. Is that a knife? Oh my gosh, my one weakness, tiny knives. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny shit. I know, that was probably, Andrew. like, what I liked most about the Andrew Garfield ones is that the Spider-Man quips were there. Right. With yeah, with the bad guys too, mainly. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I want a little bit less cheese in the next one, a little more serious tone as we're moving out of high school to college. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of room. Like Peter Parker, he's still a young Peter Parker, so there's plenty of like room for him to grow as a person, as a character, as a Spider-Man so, to be more serious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Any predictions where we might go next? I mean, I guess we kind of just had a conversation about. I mean, that. I'm hoping Craven the Hunter. I mean, Green Goblin has to be in here somewhere maybe an actual eventually. scorpion maybe i'm just curious how they would make scorpion because that is one we have not seen on the big screen yet and yeah you have like a mutagenic scorpion dude mutagenic i feel like it'd be more of a tech suit uh than anything but um i want more like mutagenic stuff i'm tired of tech suits that's true but it's just like i'm just trying to figure out like how you make that look good and plausible Mm-hmm. And how, and especially how they've gone about like the vulture, and like I said, like Mysterio, like they've made them work. So I have, hopefully, if it's the same people, they'll pick a character and they'll just make it work. And I still love that they're using things that we haven't seen on the big screen yet. Yeah, it's really probably what makes these movies stand out more than the other ones that they've already put out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, why don't we wrap this up here? What would you give this grade wise? Uh, as far as okay, uh, entertainment wise, I'll give it a. Sh- I think it's just 8 out of 10. It's not perfect, but I freaking love Mysterio. And I still really like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And the tertiary characters are okay. <laughs> so that, and as far as overall grade, I'd say I'm just going to give it a solid A. Like, I really enjoyed this movie. I had a great time watching it. And it made me still like wanting to see what happens next for this character and for the MCU. Okay. Yeah, for me, I'm going to say overall... 
overall, I enjoyed this movie. Again, the pacing was a little slow and a little more cheese than I wanted in the humor goes, but still a pretty fun movie. I Like you, I like Tom Holland in this role quite a bit. Mysterio was definitely the best part in the, of this movie for me. Oh, yeah. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal nailed it. I'm going to give this a B-plus overall. Okay. Not a great movie, but definitely not a bad movie by any means. It has some really strong parts. Yeah, and as far as entertainment level goes, I'll say 7 out of 10. I mean... The most entertaining parts were definitely the Mysterio stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's Spider-Man Far From Home. All right, why don't we move on here, Daniel? So, how do you want to do gambling this week? So, we gambled on, last week, Crawl? Yes, we did. I guessed 13%. I can't remember what you guessed. You said... I think 22. 22%. I'm going to have to just... I'm going to real quick google it and just see because i don't want to see anything else on rotten tomatoes okay so crawl rotten tomatoes is at still no score yep which means one uh, now i'm really curious because it's going to be 20s teens probably we're going to be cl- this is going to be a close one it's probably going to be close yeah I so checked, and I'm like, how, how do we crap. decide a winner then this week okay. do we bet on something else or do we just because yeah we don't have any crawl to uh well, I guess I'll take this as a gimme. It's like, since nobody won, I'll assign you a movie. Or you can, we can both assign somebody a movie. Yeah, maybe we should just do that. Each assign someone something. Well, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I'll make time for it. I know we're going to both be really busy Oh, are this you week. saying you didn't have time when I watched four hours of Kill Bill? Well, technically, you're supposed to watch one the week before. Technically, yeah. That was just me procrastinating. That was on you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> All right, well, do you want to just do it this way then? Yeah, since we don't have a definite winner for this week, we could do each assign someone something so we can both come back with a new movie. Sure. All right, I like that idea. Why don't you assign me something first then, sir? Dang, yeah, I had a movie in mind, and now I can't remember it. Oh, thank goodness. It's just, like, it, it was going to be like, I thought about Suicide Squad, but, you know, not to be a total dick. You're going to say that one for me, aren't you, and really torture me later on. Jordan, have you ever seen Super 8? Still never seen Super 8. Watch Super 8. All right. It's very much in the vein of Stranger Things. So Perfect. I think you're really going to like it. I th- Made by J.J. Abrams, or at least produced by Produced by. Yeah. I, well, did he direct it? Uh, I know he produced it for sure. I for, no, I think he did direct it. Oh, director J.J. Abrams, produced by Steven Spielberg. Okay. So, yeah, watch Super 8. Since we're you know, you're in the mode of Stranger Things, it'll just right, fit right that. in there. Well, I mean... You could look at it as a four-hour movie. I don't know. I really just want to sign you the rest of season two so you would just sit down and watch it. I know you're going camping this week and stuff. You could take it for the car ride even. You could download episodes to your phone. I don't know. I want you to finish season two. I know, but don't don't, don't waste your... I, I'm going to do it no matter what. So let's... Uh, let's. I don't think you are, though. You've had a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Fine. I'll assign you an actual movie. Okay. Two Towers, special edition, four hours anyway. No, just, <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. I mean, that's... No, since I know we both got busy weeks coming up here, we'll, uh, let's see. I'm looking at the list here. I had something in mind. Was, wasn't three and a half hours for Titanic? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm saving that one for, for now. I was going to say, say do The Revenant 2. I'm, I'm going to save some three-hour DiCaprio movies for you. Okay. Because I could send, send you The Parted 2. He's got a lot of three. He's in a lot of long movies. Yeah, well, they're just like, keep them on screen as long as possible. Ta-da. All right, here's one I think Daniel will like. 
Um, you've seen his other movies, Damien Chazelle. You saw La La Land and his la- latest one, First Man. I'm going to assign you the one he did before La La Land, Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. We have it on our movies anywhere, so you can just go. I mean, that's a, that's a good one. I think you'll enjoy it. J.K. Simmons, you know, speaking of J.K. Simmons. Okay. All right. I think you'll enjoy that one. So, yeah, Daniel, watch some Whiplash. Okay, and just so you know... Um, I don't think it's more than two hours either. I think it's like an... Let me look. An hour, 45 minutes. Okay. So, yeah, cool. it's, not, it's not two plus hour long movie. Okay. Sounds good. I think you like that one. All right, well, shall we wrap this up? Where can they find us? You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at movies underscore brews. Yeah, we post movie news, uh, what we're reviewing that week, and what we've been seeing throughout the week, so go check it out. So, I think this coming week we're going to be talking Stuber. Which I hope is good. Which, fingers crossed, is good. I'm looking forward to it. I've seen that trailer like 30 times every time I go to the movies. I feel like it it plays. Yeah. It looks funny. The guy, I always forget his name, but Drax. Dave Batista. Yes, he's good. So, yes, we'll be talking some Stuber coming up here. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for sharing the show with friends. We appreciate it. Leave us some five-star reviews. Those definitely help. This just occurred to me. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we'll read it on the show. All right, let's do it. All right. Thanks, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers.